Dude, the opportunity that comes from losing cannot be understated. Like it really is. It's a painful thing. It's an emotional thing. It hurts. It sucks. Yeah. But it is so empowering to lose at something Mm -hmm. because then you get to figure out using that lesson how the fuck to win. Hello. Welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. Hello, buddy. It's the Crypto King. And today I wanted to talk about some things, some things that I'm going through right now. I feel like that has been a lot of the topics that I've been talking about when we're not talking about questions or aliens or things like that. I feel like my general topics that I'm excited to discuss on this podcast have been things that I'm going through right now and like reflecting on because you know what? It's kind of not the first time that I've gone through them. And it's something that I wish that they would have told me, you know? Mm, that's what I was going to ask. Maybe some shit that they did not tell me. That, I, that which they did not. I was going to ask, like, are you just doing like self-therapy and then selling ads to all of us? A little bit. Buy whatever we tell you to buy. Yeah, also, check you. out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Sticky, S-T-I-K-K-I. Why did I forget our own Patreon? We do uh, free roll poker tournaments. Steve talks about crypto once a week crypto on a corner, live stream. Every Tuesday night, corner. 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Let's go. His crypto heads are up like 90%, 90% right now. 90% in six months. Let's freaking go. Let's fucking go. We do also monthly Dollar live streams, average. which I think uh, the next one's coming up this weekend. So if you are listening and you want to catch the action, come on in. Everything is basically just five bucks a month. Like we just kind of. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, we if you want to give more, then that's cool. We appreciate people giving more. We really do. It really helps the show. It helps the show 100%. But we, we're not trying to make you guys climb a wall for us here. It's just a community <laughs> that we love. Yeah. So that being said, anyway, I have, I don't know if you guys know this. I haven't vlogged in like over six weeks now. I've been meaning to edit a vlog because I wanted to catch everyone up on everything. But things just keep evolving and they keep evolving. And I haven't gone through anything like this um, since 2013. Like this is the next iteration of that cycle where I'm feeling all the same feelings. And 2013 was right before I started my vlog channel. It was like, true. I was scrambling. I was figuring out what I wanted to do. I was going through a massive transition. And then after the dust kind of settled, I was like, you know what? I want to document this because this is an interesting part of life and I want to see where it goes. We had just started dating. If you go back, if you go to my vlog channel, youtube.com slash Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, um, there is actually a vlog of me celebrating our six month anniversary, but you weren't there. You had given me, uh, I had given you yes. um Gifts items. to open, yeah, and Some you had, you shots. sent me, you me hot ass shots. I did actually, hot, hot, for hot real, picks. for real, and a Colts jersey. Um, you were in Marvin Harrison Colts jersey, and you really sent awesome. me roses, and I vlogged about it. Yeah, how, like that. That was the point where you kind of feel like shit's getting serious. Not yet, not for me. And we had talked about. No, you're the one that said that. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so anyway, you were just my fuck around chick. I'm re going through like what feels like that same type of transition, that same all those same feelings, the the scariness of the unknown, the like oh no, like what if things don't work out? But what if they do? Oh my god! Like it's exciting, it's scary, it's new, and it's something that I wish more people embraced because mm. now being on this i don't know i've been on this 
I've done this cycle, I feel like quite a few times, like answering a call, not knowing what the fuck's going to happen, still not knowing, but getting excited about the weird journey that it's going on and and always coming out the other side, like kind of feeling like I'm glad that happened. I'm glad that there were all those surprises and life is more enriched because of it. So what is making you feel this kind of timid um fascination and fear so i started a new youtube channel well it's a podcast Mm -hmm. but it's also a youtube channel and it intermixes sketches and things that i we used to do on my old channel on on this channel youtube.com slash nikki limo we used to be uh, do a lot of sketches and games and all kinds of fun stuff and then youtube demonetized my channel and then and not just the demonetization aspect but then it made it really a weapons manufacturing company even when they remonetized it uh, stopped sending my videos out to subscribers and it just like really killed morale to continue Dude. pumping as much effort as I was pumping into doing my videos. And I kind of was just due for a change. And although the vlog channel is something I've kept consistent because it's just documenting my life, I really like missed having something to sink my teeth into to like daily grind yeah i get look forward to every day something that was new something that was like inspiring me and poker was kind of filling that void in the middle because um, i'd say a little more than kind of yeah more than kind of um and so i was like you know okay well i'm very passionate about poker i have um lost a little bit of zest for YouTube, but only because I just don't haven't been inspired for what to create. I felt like eventually I would end up making some sort of content to do with poker, but I didn't know what. And the day has finally come. We, uh, me and another member of the poker community, Caitlin Komeski, who is also a really brilliant comedic actress and comedian and uh she's got she's a triple threat she also sings she's very talented um we teamed up and we started a podcast in the poker space but also a youtube channel to go with it that has sketches and games on it and i haven't started a new youtube channel in 15 years yeah, I started my YouTube channel in 2007, and so back then it was like really simple. Like you just like literally register. You didn't even have to have a Gmail or anything. You just register uh, your channel name. Like you're you just put an email in there or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I don't even really remember. You had to apply for partnership. Like there were only uh, like a hundred channels that were monetized because you had to have like reference. I remember applying for partnership and the day I got approved, it was so like celebratory because you had to send in references. I had to email and fill out a form that uh, I had like a bunch of references from other partners that were already partnered with YouTube. Like, you know. Do you remember too that when... um so when they rolled that out, yeah, all the tuber friends that we had who were in the partner program because we knew like all the big guys, and yeah, stuff, they were like hundred percent convinced that they were just going to take it away like in weeks, yeah, because they couldn't believe how much money they were getting, and they were like, "This is a scam," so we just need to like, but it like- wasn't even that much money. <laughs> it was like a couple hundred dollars, like it wasn't even a ton of money. Yeah, but they're like, "This is a scam." I'm making yeah. videos for a living, like this is a complete totally. scam. So where's the YouTube getting the money? We're probably going to be cleaned out soon. Yeah, they really thought that, folks. It's pretty funny. Being yeah, on the inside and, really and like when we got invited to a partner meeting and we all got t-shirts that we thought that was the coolest shit ever. Like we got free t-shirts. Yeah, free YouTube I still t-shirts. have that YouTube t-shirt. Yeah, you do. It's beat to shit. Yeah. But they did get a quality shirt. it's super soft. It's alive. Yeah, it's alive and well and I sleep in it. But I say that to say this, um, 
creating a YouTube channel today is much different than creating a YouTube channel in 2007 in a great way where I feel like a beginner again. I felt like I had to relearn how to launch a YouTube channel and it felt fun. Like it felt exciting. It felt like not like, oh, I'm a jaded YouTuber, you know? Yeah, which is the normal, yeah. Yeah, like when you've been on the platform for 15 years, you kind of like are like not as excited as new content creators that are like, I can't wait to make content. I, I remember just even like two years ago being like, wow, what will I ever have that much energy again to like be motivated to uh, grind like that? Uh, but yeah, I am. And it's been really fun because I have been re-studying like relearning best practices on youtube you know the algorithm is ever-changing people bitch about it all the time it is something you should bitch about because it's fucking sucks you're building a business model o over something that like changes all the time and you have absolutely no control over it it's no stupid it's like really stupid but there's no customer support <laughs> there's zero customer there's support no help but what's exciting and that's always been exciting about it the lure to it is that you can create whatever you want and and eyeballs that may have never seen that before can find it and it's exciting to be in this new space where there's all these different um forms now there's shorts there's like different types of like uh it's not just oh you need long form content or oh you need short form content it's like there's different things you can do on a youtube channel and people now know that starting as a niche is better and then building out and like creating content that is in alignment with that niche like just stuff basic stuff like that and I produced a sketch for the first time in three years and the last time we did it was the beginning of 2020 I thought we were really going to make another sketch run you know on uh, our Patreon that was kind of why we started it was like okay we can put out a sketch a month if we you know, have a Patreon. And then the pandemic happened and couldn't have a camera guy over anymore yep. or anything like that. So kind of killed quick. the dream. But uh, I got to do a sketch for this channel and it was so fun. Like, it was like riding a bike. Like all the things just came back to me of what to do. Like how to talk to, how to get the shots, how to talk to people to get the, the best angles and like the inserts and the and like finding the music to go along with it and the sound effects and the editing and and it was and even doing the thumbnail I even had fun doing the thumbnail and I hate doing thumbnails I honestly can't believe it because I, I, yeah, I have doing a miserable thumbnails. time doing all that so much yeah. yeah I have not put this much time into a YouTube channel in so many years and I, I think that's probably a little bit sad because it is what yeah. we've been doing for over a decade but um, it reinvigorated that zest and that passion and i'm thankful for that and when i we do a crypto episode though for, of shit they don't tell you yeah and i'm doing thumbnails i get hype yeah <laughs> i get way hype it's like there's a massive difference between um something it's like anything right you you're not going to maintain a hundred percent passion at all times it, it it's going to go through waves and you're going to find parts that you like about it and that spark your joy and drive and then there's parts that are like annoying like creating a thumbnail because you but they're it's necessary annoying. but well, no, look i love doing this show i don't want to get any, anything twisted 
Yeah. But doing a thumbnail about specifically relationships, for example, mm -hmm. it is just so annoying. Yeah. That's what I mean. I like, love, how many times can I download a heart picture? I love our show. I love yeah. Should They Don't Tell You. Um, but yeah, doing the technical aspects of it, yeah. SEO and thumbnails and annoying stuff and to get eyeballs, like ultimately it doesn't even matter if you have quality content no. because you, if no one sees it, then what does it matter? And I know that, but I don't care. Like I didn't yeah, care yeah. enough to care, but with the starting a new channel, it's like everything's exciting about it. Like seeing how well you can do from starting from scratch. And I realized that it's because of this beginner's mindset thing that I have always enjoyed learning new things. I don't know if you know that about me. If you watch bit. my vlog channel, you may know that about me. But whether it's, you know, creating, learning how to make candles or learning how to install a, a chandelier, uh, like hardwire electric a chandelier or, um, you know, getting inspired to paint my wall black and what to put, like what kind of decor I want in the house. Gold, I'm, gold. I'm a nonstop machine at learning new things and I've always kind of... Except for um, installing washer dryers, which you leave to the man. I would have done that if which you... Which I understand. I, really, I, 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 okay, okay. I respect it. I'll give you credit. It's fine. Thank you. But you, I've always lamented right that now. whole like jack of all trades, master of none thing. But it's really because I just enjoy the beginner part of it. I, yeah. I really like not knowing anything because, and, and this is what I've been reflecting on this past couple of weeks, is why do I enjoy this ch YouTube channel more than I've enjoyed YouTube in the past decade? Oh yeah, because I'm a beginner again and I get to ask questions. I get the curiosity. It's not, it's no longer, I'm the expert, I've done this a million times. It's now like, I get to figure out what's working and what's not working and and I actually find joy in the like changing and tinkering and finding new th new ideas and new things and learning what uh what other channels are doing and what's working in the space. I actually enjoy that part right now because I'm not coming at it from an expert's pr perspective and this is actually a thing called uh in in Japanese culture it's called shoshin shoshin uh, it refers to having an attitude. I put this. I got this from Wikipedia, but um, I'd heard it before, but I had to relook it up. But Shoshin refers to having an attitude of openness, eagerness, and lack of preconceptions when studying, even at an advanced level, just as a beginner would. The term is especially used in study of Zen Buddhism and Japanese martial arts. So basically, you you ask a lot of questions because you maintain that curiosity, like a childlike wonder, and you're not afraid to fail because learning is so fun like you it's crucial it, it failing a million times hasn't worn you down yet because every time you fail you're like okay what did i do wrong that time okay exactly. i'm gonna fix it and i'm gonna do this the next time failure okay, is crucial to victory this time? okay you have to lose to win yeah you have to and i get to do that again in an area that i thought i didn't have space to learn anything new and it, or i just had stopped learning like i stopped wanting to learn and i stopped learning and i stopped having this sort of like fun with it because of that I think and uh, another part of it is that you're not closed minded you see other ways of doing so they've done studies that the more of an expert you become in a subject the more closed minded you get whether you want to or not the time. I see yeah. it all day in crypto it just space. happens it happens uh, when you are going through college and then you go get your master's degree and they've certified you as an expert people stop learning exactly you got you got the degree you got the license they are you're an expert for life you don't have to learn anymore and one of the cool things about being a vet, though, 
is apparently they make you do like a certain thing to keep your license going. A veterinarian? Yeah, yeah. My sister's a veterinarian. Yeah, because you just say vet, like it sounds like well, a veterinarian. I'm kind of a vet. Of sp- I'm kind of a vet a of talking about this, actually. Yeah. So I, I, you know, we use secondhand. Yeah. But no, she um she has to go to like conferences and stuff like that to stay up to date on the new stuff. Yeah. So, so there is some of that out there, but I do agree that most people get their certification and they're like, I am the no, expert. No, you now. do, but you have you have to do that. Right. Right. And and there's Which I respect in every. F- field like whenever they come out with a new technology you do have to go to a, a conference and learn the new technology but you don't necessarily want to and also yeah. they uh they've done um study groups where they've found that you're actually most of the subjects um they when they're confronted with new ideas they're just looking for the ones that actually validate their own so they can be yes. like see that's why yes. i do it this way and not that way they're not actually open to the new ideas they kind of fight against them and then wait for another piece of information that supports their confirmation bias basically in crypto space i see nothing but this it's so infuriating because like yeah i really do genuinely love the space and i'm excited to learn about more projects emerging projects right things are new and then i see these people out there and i don't want to like like shit on anybody particularly but this guy named ben cowan kind of sucks at crypto in my opinion well who's that He's a big name Shade. in the space. All big right. name in the space. I think he, well, look, he, people like him and all that stuff, and I think it's great. I really do. But he just looks at things just so generically. It's like he did really well on Bitcoin, so everyone should just buy Bitcoin. And then he's like, when he says that like nobody should buy alts, he's looking at like 10 alts, and he's like, they haven't moved. And I'm like, dude, I'm up 90% in six months. What the hell alts are you looking at? Oh, right, the alts that everyone else is talking about and owns already and nobody's going to make money off of that shit. No fucking shit, brother. Yeah. But like that's the kind of thing I see all the time. Like the people who did really well, <clears throat> like like early Ethereum holders, right? Like those guys did really well off just holding Ethereum. And guess what they tell new people? Just buy and hold Ethereum. They don't think about the new emerging landscape in crypto. They think about either they got airdrop something and maybe they'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, well, you should just buy and hold Ethereum because that's how I made it. And it's like, that's just not, you're not looking at the space anymore. You're looking at yourself. Yeah. I mean, this happens across all industries, I'm pretty sure. Of course. Like in poker, even a big debate is between the old school poker players and the new school poker players because solvers weren't a thing back then. People relied on their instincts in the game and reading people and it was a much more psychological sport. Well, then uh, solvers came along and became very technical and now all these math nerds and fucking uh, robots are, are learning, are downloading a lot of like uh, solved information and operating from that standpoint and it's called GTO and a lot of old school poker players are fighting against it and the the ones that are flexible are still winning at the game the ones who are inflexible aren't and and there's a reason for that like Daniel Negreanu is one of the ones that is an old school player that has learned the new, new school and has been trying to get more old school players to listen because you don't necessarily have to operate by just this like GTO strategy but you you should learn it so then you can incorporate it into your own strategy and still maintain an edge in the field and I think that that's so great. Uh, well, I think that that's interesting to see in a, an industry that I'm new in yeah. because I, as a beginner to it, I find all of it fun. Like all of exactly. it is fun. Like every part of the learning process is fun for me, whereas some of these people have been playing for 20 years and it's it's not 
as fun anymore as it is. They just are like, I'm just good at the game. But you can't just stay that. You can't just be good at a game that has never ending complexities. Um, that's where- a, that's another thing too. It's like I I'm looking at myself and I'm just talking about myself right now. So I'm going, oh, I'm up ninety percent. This asshole sucks. Whatever. But but trust me, trust me, trust me. I don't look at it like that. I look at it like. I am just still excited about the space and I don't just look at something, an entire category of things and go, nobody should ever buy that because like, yeah. I think that that's a huge mistake. And like, even me hyper focus on crypto. I spend all my time on it. I fucking love crypto. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a kid who probably bought like this new shit coin called Pepe like two weeks ago who probably did better than me. Like, like, like in the last five years because he put like 20 bucks into it and turned it into a million dollars. Now I, I, like I am not sitting here saying that like I know it all or whatever, mm-hmm. but like there and there are going to be like just those moments of like s- somebody coming into a space and like just crushing it. But you can be lucky, which is that right? Yeah. Or you can be measured about how what your approach is and how you do it and have a process that will be more likely to be successful than like coming in and getting lucky. And then still open. Exactly. And staying open yeah. and staying excited. And even when I see this stuff, yes, I laugh because some guy turned $26 into a million dollars on this new shitcoin that came out like 19 days ago. Mm-hmm. I laugh. I don't go, that guy's an idiot. Fuck all those people who got that like bitter, bitter, bitter shit. Yeah. I laugh because that's really funny. Guy put like a 25 spot in and like he's, you know, going to buy a McLaren. Yeah. In like 19 days. Yeah. You have to you have to find that amazing. It's hilarious, but it's also just you know, it's it's a it could be a problem with crypto obviously, right? But it's also just it's an exciting emerging landscape. I get excited about all the different things that happen and there's a lot of scams around, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's just it doesn't mean that it's not fucking fun. But that's basically what I'm saying is that for yeah. a lot of people and maybe you've been able to maintain your passion for like it's going on like six, seven, eight years now. Yeah. But, you know, for a lot of people, including myself, it, passion dies off and it's really easy for me to be passionate about learning poker spots because I'm new. Like I yesterday, I spent five hours studying the heuristics of sea uh, betting on three bet pots out of position across different board textures and that's a relatively I don't even know what the hell you said. <laughs> and that's a relatively simple um kind the of heuristics. concept. Yeah, like the generality, like the generally here's what I'm going to default to on this board texture if I'm out of position in a 3 bet pot on the flop. What the hell is a board texture? Exactly. Exactly. But that's what I mean is that like it's easy for me to get excited about that because it's all very new and I mean Are you like if I'm on felt if it's felt. green felt. No. No, the texture is the <laughs> it's the texture is the like so if like let's I like say to think that it matters. I know, right? I'm not gonna try to explain it's board okay. texture to you but if it's, it's on a wooden table or green felt. No, it's two not the texture of the table. Two whole different categories the of poker. The board is the three cards that come out on the flop. Okay? okay. Okay. So then if they're like all different suits then that's like kind of static. It's a dry. It's not going to like you would bet a different bet size for that board than you would if it was all clubs. Do you ever account for table wobble? Absolutely. Yeah, you should you always to. account for table wobble. Pe- people should. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> but what I'm saying is the experts like OG, a lot of OGs are like, I don't want to fucking study that. 
it's annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already played this yes, game the way yes. I play it. I have my way. And I have my way. And, and I don't want to. I wanna... love Warren Buffett. I'm a fan of Warren Buffett. I love listening to him talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. But the way he talks about crypto is that same dismissive attitude of, yeah. I have done it this way. I am killing the game in traditional yeah, finance. What incentive do I have to change? Why the hell would I even check out what's outside the window? Yeah, exactly. And I get it. And so that's how I started to feel about YouTube without realizing it. Is that something that I once was so excited and passionate about and couldn't wait to figure out? out what I could do better I had that part of me died in 2020 yeah. <laughs> like it just died and I was sad I had a funeral for it but I also like got really excited about this new thing well now coming back to it after like having a period of time off and then coming back to it in a, a world like in this this niche of poker, they are relatively new to the content creation aspect of it. And it's exciting. Like I'm kind of picking up their enthusiasm it. and it's actually like really exciting to create in a different niche. Like what can I do that I've already, I have experience doing, but how can I bring it to this new thing I'm passionate about and kind of merge them together in a way that is constantly inspiring and, and it makes me excited to learn. And if I could tell people one thing or even my old self one thing or just something that it's some shit they didn't tell you, it's that you should always stay in this like beginner's mindset. Stay curious. Stay stay asking questions. Never become an expert. Like you people can call you an expert and you can have a lot of knowledge on a subject. But in your own mind, like stay the beginner. I try. Look, I am literally the king of crypto. It's yeah. stressful. When people are like, that's the king, that's oh my God, king. he's the king, right? And they see you a certain And way. that's stressful. <laughs> it's stressful. But, it, but it's like, you know, if you're going to put the crown on your head because everyone else said you should put it on, yeah, you have to, you know, you have to stay excited about what's new and emerging yeah, and not think you know it all. And also, dude, one of my favorite things about doing Crypto Corner is people bring projects to me all the time. And I always love my favorite question to ask them is, why do you like it? Right? Because if you know why you like it, what? Does it matter what I think other than like, am I supposed to validate why you like it? Yeah. But like, but like, or maybe, you know, maybe you're coming at it completely neutrally and you're like, I want to see, hear Steve's opinion because I like, I like Steve to have Steve's thoughts on this. And so, but my first question is always, why do you like it? Because I'm interested in knowing like, what was the moment or the spark that like grabbed your enthusiasm yeah. and made you go, I want to put my money into this one. Like, that's what I get excited about. And that's all I mean by by that. I'm like I'm like it's just such a um like I feel like a student just as much as like I'm showing people how crypto works and stuff like that. They're bringing me all kinds of different stuff from different angles that I would never have thought about. And even when we're when I was, you know, really getting into woo hardcore and stuff and you know, after Luna died, I remember corners like like really stress testing woo. They're like, what about this with Boo? How does this work with That's high great. functioning trading algorithms and all this stuff? Yeah. And it was great. And I was like, oh, well, I'm so glad you asked that because here's why, you know, I had that question too. And mm -hmm. this is what I, my answer to that would be, right? But like, that's what you want is you want to stay a student. I really, really couldn't agree more with what you have to say. Yeah. And another part of that is like, I have this idea and now I'm going to try to debunk it. Like now exactly. I'm going to try to poke holes in it, it and try to find all the weak points about it. And then that when you can't find the weak points or when you it usually sells you more on it when like you can find a project that has 
that like you you went at it, you attacked it from an opposite point of view and you couldn't find a lot of holes with it. That's when you know like that it's like a solid project. But I'm part of a group called Hand History Lounge. Uh, shout, shout out. Shout out Ben Adler. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Neme yep. and Benton Blakeman. But it's a, it's a poker hand. It's mostly cash games. But it's the same kind of jam where it's like, huh, did I do the right thing in this spot? It's not like validate my move that I made. But like, I want to know, generally speaking, if this was the right choice or not. Yeah. And I think it's really great to have sounding boards like that to go off on like like-minded people, people that are a little bit better than you, people are, that are a little bit on a lower level than you. And you all like talk about it together because all of those perspectives are important. There's a difference between wanting to be right and wanting to make the right call. Yeah. Right. And like, like you can say something and want to be right. And then you just want validation from everybody saying that you were right about it. Yeah. But did you make the right call? Like to me, it's all about making the right call. Mm -hmm. Like I don't care that everyone says I'm right as long as the the decision is the right decision. So if somebody else is like, it was my idea and they made the right decision, I think you're a smarter person if you go with the right decision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like yeah. be open to changing your mind. Exactly. Like don't be so it's, locked it's into. It's so important to be this I way. I think uh, that's a mistake a lot of people make is this ego part of it where like you're you're tied to your choices or like your identity is in your choices somehow. Like you made this decision and now you're gonna be a stupid idiot brain if like you were wrong about it. And so you have to just double down on this stupid idiot decision that you made instead of like being open to the to the to the chance that maybe you were wrong about it. Maybe like in the future you make a better decision. Exactly. And I I just think you will you will make it a better decision because you're paying attention. Absolutely. I think that's what really separates people that Uh, can go for a long stretch of time and like and and maintain that passion and that that zest for life really you cannot because you you could apply this to every aspect of life not just your career not just your hobby not just like like this new thing that you're learning but like every aspect of life really dude the opportunity that comes from losing cannot be understated like it really is it's a painful thing it's an emotional thing it hurts it sucks yeah but it is so empowering to lose at something Mm -hmm. because then you get to figure out using that lesson how the fuck to win and it's just like relationships like that's what i'm saying you can apply this to every aspect in life people you know moan or bemoan like uh, being in a marriage for a long being in a sexless marriage or whatever because people stop treating it like the beginner level where they're like they're excited to date the other person they're excited to hold your hand you're excited to like not rip ass around have a fun conversation (laughs) over drinks or go see a show together like they lose that that desire to like find they're already they're like i already know everything about this person yeah yeah, and it's dismissive because it's like it's the same concept. It's the being an, you're being an expert in your relationship. You already know everything there is to know about your husband or your wife. You don't need, you don't, there's nothing to learn about them. There's no, nothing, no questions that you could ask that would pique your interest anymore. No, my wife just spends time staring at me while I'm cooking in the kitchen and then she's like giggling and I'm like, what's so funny? And she's like, you're really cute. And I'm like, what the hell are you laughing at over there? I said, I like your quirks. Yeah, you like my quirks. Yeah, because I've never seen Steve <laughs> focus on anything without using his mouth a lot like even right now yeah you're just constantly <laughs> i'm being an active listener you constantly i know yeah, when I you're know. focused on something you're moving your mouth actually i would be 
more concerned if you weren't moving your mouth yeah, right now true. because I'd be like, he's not focusing he's, on anything. I'm he's saying. not here. He's not in the room. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to go on a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk some more about what I think is fucked up about the education system. Okay. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on one today. Oh, my gosh. You fired me up. All right. You did this. I did it? I don't know. Okay. You made me eggs this morning. You, you said you wanted it. Yeah, them. I got fired up. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're like, kind of desperate we're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings so huge shout out right now to brian jorgensen that was sick of you dude thank you god bless uh huge shout out right now to mark mark w in springfield connecticut back to our podcast jenny Blythe. Hey, back to our podcast in Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast god bless you thank you steven huge. thank you for supporting the show <laughs> and we're back and I left off on a heated note, and I'm sorry about that, but I'm not really sorry because maybe we all deserve to be a little heated at okay. how we have to unfuck everything that we learned growing up. I think, and no, I'm not, you know what? I, you know what I've learned actually? Not to start things with I think because it undermines what you know. And <laughs> I know that I don't think. <laughs> I know that we're not using the best learning models anymore in school. Like I just the education system as a whole is training people to be miserable. It's training people. It is because it's training you to that. Like if you learn all this knowledge, you become an expert, then you don't need to learn anymore. And then what? So you study your ass off to get into the best college. Then you get into college and you study your ass off to get uh, to, to graduate and get a good job. And then you get the good job. And then fucking what? You are just doing that for 50 years. You're just like Brutal. doing the same thing day in and day out. And there's nowhere else to grow or learn or expand or or maybe you get a pay jump. Maybe like you get a, a promotion, but your soul stops growing. But don't you think the passionate people will always find the zest to learn a little bit more than others? You would like think that extra push. Because I do agree, because in every field I've almost ever been in, I always see people around me where I'm like, oh, they don't care as much as I do. That's kind of cool. Because I'm like, oh, maybe I can I can beat them because of that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there's going to be, there's always going to be that where like Cause that's you, where I'm you at. maintain an edge on someone, yes. right? And and that's great that, that you know that, that you're aware of that. I am. But I think that it, the sad part is that there aren't, there isn't a lot of people who will tell you early in life that the learning is the fun part. The learning is is sold to you as this means to get the end, right? And it's it's like once you get through this yucky, gross, hard learning stuff, you'll never have to do it again. Like you'll right. get your degree and you get to go get the job. And then it's like, it's like this, it builds you into this like 
attitude of when you look at education and learning, you're like, yuck, I, I don't have to do that anymore. Instead of like, the learning is the fun part. The learning is the part. How would you do it? So I would, well, one, encourage people to learn a, a subject that they're into, right? Not just the subjects that are going to guarantee a successful career. And I put this quote unquote because nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. So, But I think that people have this false antiquated notion that if they study in certain fields, like the medical field or uh, a being a lawyer, law or whatever, that they'll get a high paying job and they'll be they'll live happily ever well, after versus the people who are getting a poetry major i would agree there this isn't a poetry major or what you know what i'm talking about though like like some kind of arts major but that's not true anymore how so because you, people are making a killing in the creative you know i just watched a video of uh, a guy interviewing youtubers about how much they've spent on each video like what's the most you've ever spent on a youtube video and the first girl said ten thousand dollars i was like holy shit like she's she spent ten thousand dollars to throw a concert in her backyard but Almost everybody else said sixty to eighty thousand dollars was the most they spent, and these are people that are twenty one, twenty two, Tana Mojo. Like these are people that are not like they didn't go get a law degree, they didn't get a poetry degree, but they they pursued something that they were actually passionate about, and they learned as much as they could about it. Yeah, and and I think that sometimes drilling into people that this specific path of education is the only way is detrimental to the success that they could have found if they had just been encouraged a little bit more to go use that same amount of passion towards learning something that they're actually what what part of confidence do you think comes from environment and people around you and friendship versus maybe getting that just to push back on you a little bit. What do you mean? Maybe you get that certificate. Maybe you get that degree. Uh -huh. Now you have your confidence. And by the way, I'm not it. I'm not putting down I that I know you're not getting that degree or that confidence, especially if it's in a field that you really want to be in. I know you're not. And I, I I'm just saying like maybe some people need that to get their confidence. Because it really yeah. is about confidence. Like we know that you and I know that very well. Yeah. We've seen people who are very confident. And maybe not even that good at something. Yeah. But they just keep that fucking confidence, like, yeah. like that that numbskull, like, drive, and it propels them to an insane well, future. There's a subconscious energy that they put out that what how they perceive themselves is often how they're going to get other people to perceive themselves and we see that a million for times good, for better or for worse if you look at yourself like a piece of shit and you just think the worst of yourself for some reason people are gonna like even exactly. if you had made a nice impression people are just gonna have this like i can't put my finger on it but i just don't like being around this person do people who lead with their flaws yeah i will never understand it but 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 like so for example you know there's somebody that i know who I don't want to be specific because I don't want to put, I don't want to make anyone feel bad. Yeah. But there's somebody who I know who like will lead a conversation with like, hey, I've never been on a date with a girl. And it's like, don't say that shit, bro. Don't fucking say that <laughs> shit, dude. Like if they're on a date? No, just like like in general. They'll like say that like it's their most interesting thing about them. And it's like, don't fucking lead with this, bro. I used to think that self-deprecating humor was like being more uh, relatable or real and like I think it's fun to like clown on yourself sometimes for sure but I think that a lot of when I did too much of it back in the day mm. I think it really sub sub subconsciously hurt my self-esteem and confidence and subconsciously made me not like believe in myself yeah I, I mean even though I was saying it as jokes and like it wasn't real yes 
I think it does affect affect your psyche. So that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. um, we all have things that we don't like about ourselves. Yeah. But don't lead with that, right? Like, mm-hmm. like have some kind of like um pride in yourself, or, or at least lead with your pride in yourself, and then like maybe backfill in the details later. But you don't have to like start with like your weakest, most fragile points. Okay, so bringing it back to education, what? Well, this right. is like so, a confidence so how, thing. So yeah, how to exactly? So people coming in from this, from maybe their most fragile point, and they're working their ass off to get this degree, and they finally get the certificate. Maybe that's like the flag that they're able to raise up on a flagpole and go, "That's where I got my confidence from," and then that's what leads to them like taking the confidence out into the world. Oh, that's that, and that's fine. That's like uh, also the concept of like sometimes um, if you're feeling down and you like externally have actions that say the opposite yes. like you start to smile or you act in a friendly demeanor or you listen to music that's upbeat it will change the inner you know so the external can change the inner and then you actually are like really happy inside because there was an energy shift that took place and sometimes your inner can change the outer like maybe your outer world is a dismal looking gloomy ass studio apartment in Van Nuys that shares a wall with the funeral home but your inner is working Been really there. hard on like you know being really happy maintaining this passion and creative drive and like it changes your outer world to reflect the inspiration that you're feeling inside you know so there is like there is that where they could have maybe they need this external factor to go out into the world and be confident but i'm more so talking about the sustainability of of not getting trapped of of maintaining that passion not, not getting trapped into this like this field of being an expert because I've learned all the knowledge in my field and then I've seen some of the miserable the most miserable people I know who are experts but they go in day in day out they do, they're doing the same thing every day yeah. they go to their their job and then they come home and it's like mundane it's just it's it's monotonous and so they they look for like a almost like a dopamine hit and the way that it like you get it quickest is through like negative because you can you can feel that quicker so like you turn on the news and you get you get angry and it's like you like you feel something at least and then you go back to do the whole job again and like and then you looking like you're like is everyone else as angry as i am and like yeah because there's so much to be angry about and then you have a confirmation Mission bias about like things to be angry about because you're not really like focused on learning new things or like expanding your knowledge or like being curious about the world you you're looking through a lens of what more is left and like how long do I have to be here anymore and like what's there to look forward to because like I can't see anything instead of the lens of like hey like wonder. so much more you to look yeah you lose how do you, how do you unfuck someone like this though so I mean I think you start like a little little by little where like you do something different in your day that like like you don't this is what we used to do in acting class and this was more about um presence and uh, it's like an exercise in presence but um walking through the neighborhood you walk in all the time or whatever you do on your normal day maybe it's taking a shower or getting into your car but instead of like your mind does this thing where it already labels things. You're already like, that's a tree. That's a car. That's a, a light post. That's a this. And you don't even look at it. So the exercise was to go through your day and notice things that you pass by every day. Notice 10 new things mm. on that same path that you take every single day. Notice 10 new things that you didn't see before. And so you're actively looking at things like you've never seen them because 
you know now no longer get to go that's a tree that sky is blue like i already know all the things you you're looking at the actual sky and we're like well that's a new cloud i haven't seen that right. before or that's a that's a uh, i didn't know that tree was a maple tree did you or notice I the purple know. trees in our neighborhood by the way i didn't until today the plum trees are that what they are the dark purple they're so cool looking yeah i didn't know either till today yeah well there you go i was walking Th around so things like that that can get you started um meditating i know it's cliche but it meditating is not like this end all be all of like now i'm spiritually on a higher plane it's more so to reset and get the negative the repetitive thoughts to shut up mm. so that now you're coming from a neutral place and when you open your eyes you can take in the world as a new person instead of I just got out of bed, got to make the coffee, got to do this. All the things are already there in your head. You already know what to do because you're just already, and you're already late of doing them. It's to just reset that and be like, wow, the sun's like extra shiny today. Or the the birds are like really saying a, a number that sounds really pretty. Well, especially now because it's like the first week of spring. So it's fun to go outside yeah. and do all that too. Yeah, but then like you enjoy every aspect too. Like I also enjoy the fall equinox when all the leaves are changing colors now. And I'm like, oh, we're getting a new season. It's starting to smell like like the holidays yeah. you know that little that crisp air for sure you know and you and like enjoying but noticing things like that i think as you get older and one of the sadder parts of getting older in the way that you're conditioned in this society and basically like because of being in survival mode constantly of like needing to pay the bills and needing to like you have all these things that you need to get done or else like how are you gonna live and survive so i get it but if you can just realize that you can pause for five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes and none of that is going to go away nothing's going to be taken away from you all your bills will still be there when you get back you're allowed to have 20 minutes of peace where you actually enjoy your surroundings and like enjoy life and i think that's the beginning of getting to get a life that you enjoy back that you're satisfied by that you're not focused on so what i was saying with the education system and like really how not even that but how we're conditioned in society is to like do everything for the end thing like yeah like for that end thing and you're and you're not satisfied until you get there but guess what you get there and it's fleeting mm -hmm. because it's like okay you you married the woman in your dreams and now she fucking sucks because it's five years later and you're bored of it that happened like, to me. exactly well i'm just saying <laughs> maybe look at the freckles in my left eye once in a while <laughs> i have a freckle in my left eye nah i do i like it when you cover it with makeup my eye my <laughs> yeah. eye, i cover my iris in makeup yeah. Yeah, i like it when you do that <laughs> okay <laughs> great i'll try it out thank you something new <laughs> yeah and i and i think no that, mindfulness like, is really good a lot of the show is um shit that we <laughs> wish they would have told us and like uh, uh recounting failures that we've learned from but i also think that this is one of the things that i think i approached correctly like i i think it's cool to acknowledge that like there was a life path that I took a risk of failing with and I took a risk of like being a fucking fool and being yeah. laughed at. Yeah. But it was in my gut that that was the right way to go and it was the more inspired way to go. And 
and I pictured my life not going that way if I didn't follow the inspiration and I followed like the secure because I had a full scholarship like I could have gone to any college in California that I wanted to and I was letting that go and that's fucking scary this is why your dad drinks (laughs) and and like is everything secure now no like but i've learned to embrace the process of it of that like beauty no matter what like the what's the alternative i'm stuck in a very quote-unquote secure place where is it secure because a lot of people lost their jobs in the pandemic what they thought were very secure but like you'll it's never promised security is never promised it's this it's this thing that we do biologically that we've done that we've evolved with because it used to help us survive that we need some level of certainty but it's it's false now we don't there isn't certainty there's no certainty anywhere and people would rather not believe that and rather believe in like okay if i follow this it's certain because this amount of experts told me so so you know i'd rather have my have my brain believe that this less optimal place is at least certain and secure when it's not but like i'd rather believe that than go after this thing that i desire because everyone's gonna think i'm stupid also i might fail at it also like i don't know where it's going and it's uncertain there's no guarantees but both of them have no guarantees well there's also parents too right like sure outside influences influences. people that you care about probably that more than anything right like people who are beating you up for even thinking in that direction but that's how this all started and that's why i have a problem not with your parents but how the way that society is constructed right now how the way that your your parents from when they were a a child till now were conditioned the same exact way and you're just supposed to continue believing that this thing that everyone's miserable about miserable about it works and it does like it doesn't work for everyone maybe like maybe there's some few that that like are like this is a great way but for the most part it trains you that mistakes are bad failing is is bad you'll be punished for all of this so don't make don't take any risks don't go outside of your comfort zone don't ever fail if you fail you'll you're gonna regret it you're gonna there's no way there's like a hard way to recover like there's a rigid path that everyone it's a very rigid path because if you fuck up your gpa in high school now you can't get into the college that you want now you can't get the job that you want it's like this snowball effect and now you tell yourself like you're not like remember when i fucked up so bad that my life could have been so much better and I don't believe that. No, me either. And you know, it's funny too, is um, I remember, yeah, I wasn't the most academic person. I actually remember um, the, when I was my most miserable during school, it was when I was doing the best in school. Yeah. And I remember, I just remember looking around and going, I have no friends. I have all A's. Why am I doing this? Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was, I just actually asked myself that. I was like, this is not who I am inside. Yeah. And I don't know that I can be both. Like, I don't know that I can like be this like academic, like, knows in the books guy and also be who I know I am inside of my head. Yeah. And I just, I just decided to just try to be in, be in who I am. And I'll tell you what, man, the biggest, most underrated thing, maybe uh, like to key in on what Nikki's saying here that nobody really talks about is the way that you are like around people can sometimes completely change your life. Like for example, you know, so me not having the best high school GPA and shit like that, like coming out of high school, how did I get around and like do all this different stuff? It was through building relationships with people. I'm really, really, really good at that. Mm-hmm. Like really fucking good at it, right? Yeah. And being a good friend and building a relationship with people I just met at a party and like it feels like I've known you for 10 years and, and like I'm just good at like talking to people and like keying in on 
I can tell what their interests are pretty quick from talking to them. And then I know how to like work on like, oh, okay, you're interested in this. How can we work? Like, how can I work this conversation towards that to make myself more interesting to you? And it's not even strategic. It's just trying to be entertaining to somebody, right? You're just mm-hmm. trying to like keep them engaged. And that has benefited me more than anything else yeah. like, ever. Like no academic thing or thing I learned in school helped me more than just like my people skills did. Yeah, like, my... I think that like in following that and developing yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, and being like, hey, I think I, I think this is a strength and I have something here. Yeah. Because you can't be like Wonder Man, like good at everything. Like you're like, you, no one everyone like are. has like their strengths and weaknesses and strengthening your strengths is like almost more important than strengthening your weaknesses. And following your interests and yeah. like making sure that you're keying in on your interests. Cause like you, you, you recently said this to me and I, it made me, you made me think about it for a while. You're like, it's so funny how like, you know, when you were in high school, you just wanted to do theater stuff and improv stuff. Then you get on YouTube and you just wanted to do, you know, in, like comedy YouTube stuff. And then they take away your AdSense account and then you just throw yourself into crypto and all you want to do is crypto stuff. And I'm like, that is just exactly who the fuck I am though. It's like, I follow the most interesting thing. Yeah. And I, and I go all the way in on it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know how to be any other way. I'm a very intense person like that. Nobody would ever accuse me of being intense, but I'm very intense like that. You're, you're intensely focused. Yes. Like, like you don't care that you just aren't like, I, I remember for me, it was every time I transition, it's kind of a fucking existential crisis. Yeah. Like I kind of have meltdowns every fucking day about it. I was more it. devastated that Disney ruined Star Wars. <laughs> like, God's honest like truth. When, here's me going through a transition. Oh my God, is this new thing going to work? Like I feel pulled this direction and I'm going to follow it, but I'm scared as fuck, but I'm having fun, but I'm scared. It's like a it's like a roller coaster when you're going up the roller coaster and you're like, I know this thing's going to be really fucking fun and I know I'm supposed to be here right now and I chose to be here right now, but I'm still scared as fuck about yeah. it. You know, because I haven't gotten past the little hump yet. With Steve, this is how Steve goes. Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just doing this now. Like, he just doesn't even think about, like, oh, like, am I, like, would I ever go back? Or maybe I should go back? Or what? He just fucking goes forward in this direction. And I admire that. Well, thank because you. Because I Look, think, but I'm, we both do that. We, we both do. follow the thing. But I'm but a lot more tumultuous about it. I'm more matter of fact. But it's not like I don't think about it. Obviously, yeah. I do. I have plans for if I ever did. Like, I, I, have I have ideas. Problem, like, I, get, I get attached to the way something used to feel and trying Mm. to hold on to it and i always thought it was invisible anyway i'll never forget going to malls and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and when people were coming up to me and stuff like that i'll never forget being like don't get used to this steve don't get used to this like every encounter i had with anybody i was like don't get used to this don't get used to this don't get used to this this is not how our life is going to be right like Mm -hmm. i just didn't want to um make myself a big deal Sure. I'm right? not even talking about no, that. No, I know you're not, but I'm just yeah. saying like that. W- that's kind of how I deal with everything because mm-hmm. I think I was moved so much as a child. Like I was moved from Indiana to Virginia like very early. You had early. to like prep yourself that things aren't stable. Yeah, you're never going to you're never gonna last. And dad, I love you. It, you had to do what you had to do. Uh, mom and dad, they listen to the show. This is not, a, I'm not kicking you guys. <laughs> this is just what happened. But like it is, 
you know, that is probably what happens to a kid of like a very young age where you have like best friends and then like you just all of a sudden have to move. Sure. Most of the coping mechanisms come from childhood. However, you had to cope back then is probably how you cope as an adult now. 100%. And I, and I can recognize it now looking back. It's so easy to see that. Mm-hmm. But I think that I was just never able to think about something that would, la- it would never last that long, right? Mm-hmm. I'll have it, but it won't last that long. And next place I move to, I will embrace the fuck out of it, right? And I always do that. I am yeah. very good at that. I'm very, yeah. very, very good at that. I think maybe I need therapy, but but probably not. Everyone needs therapy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I, conversely, was a very stayed in one place every my entire childhood. From zero to 21, I lived in Santa Barbara. We didn't move. I Insane. had the same people, right? And, and it's beautiful there. And yeah, and so for me... I developed this place, this feeling of home, you know, everywhere I go, even like from my first apartment on, like it had to feel like home. I couldn't do the janky, like, you know, PC, uh, like PC, piece together furniture, like college looking frat house looking place that has no towels. That's what happens when you live in Santa Barbara for 20 years and even their 7-Elevens look incredible. Yeah, like I just needed that feeling of home. Like, and and so I found that in every place that I've gone, but but (laughs) it branches out to other areas of my life where once I find a home, uh, I don't, I'm scared of losing it. I'm scared of like moving to a different home because what if I don't like the new home as much as I like this home, right? Even though every time it's gotten better. Every house that we've moved to or every place that we've lived has gotten better. And every step that I've taken along my life path has gotten better, but it's still scary doing it, right? Um, 100%. So the feeling like, for example, with this la- latest transition or when 2020, when everything got demonetized, is like I stopped posting Tasty Tuesdays. I did Tasty Tuesdays for like six years. And even though I was kind of ready to move to a different format or or like explore other formats or something like that, um, when it when I stopped doing it, I thought I'd come back to it. And then when I never when I found other passions, I still would time to time be like, what if I'm supposed to keep doing what if I need to go keep doing Tasty Tuesday, even though I'm being led in this new direction. It was hard for me to to focus entirely because in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, no, I'm letting go of something that was such a part of my life for so long. I had a really hard time like yeah. with letting go of like high school for that reason, too, where I was like, I'm just never going to see these people ever again. Mm. Like it, it's not that like. I liked high school like I didn't really love like I didn't have a great experience, but I got used to it. It was home. Like I didn't know what to do now that we're not going to this home yeah. that where we all, I know everybody, even if I don't like them, I, I know them, you know, and it felt like, like I know what I'm doing. And I think that that's, that's the scary part of transitions is like, even though, you know, you're probably going to a better place, something that you'll like and enjoy so much more. It's scary to leave that feeling of comfortability, of familiarity, of home in my opinion like in in my experience like i'm just not as equipped to deal with those type of transitions that's why i i every every place i've worked i've worked for a very long time at that place you know i had good tenure is what they say what they would say when i would interview somewhere else like wow you worked at this place for five you worked at chili's for five years that's funny (laughs) like yeah because it felt like home like i felt like i know what i'm doing here and i like i mean i like the people or i like this about it huh that's funny yeah yeah, when I moved to LA, I remember just thinking um, about what I wanted to do 
but then I wasn't sure how I was going to get there. But I have the same attitude always of like, if you wake up every day and you know exactly what you want to do and what you want to be, mm-hmm. and you just remind yourself that every day, yeah, like you will, whatever it is in life that happens latently, you will say yes to more things that lead you to that place. Totally. That's just what I think, right? Well, so, I mean, not to get woo-woo on you. Well, I'm the guy to do it to. <laughs> but like the whole law of attraction is kind of based on that. It's like seeing and visualizing yourself at the end and like feeling those feelings and then you get like just random ideas will pop in that kind of lead you in that direction and it's not like you are constantly thinking of the end while you're proceeding with your everyday life but like each little thing is kind of a stepping stone helping you get there every stepping stone too i think i was just enthusiastic about and whoever was engaged with me could tell that i was someone worth taking on the trip yeah. And like, you know what I mean? Like, so I think it was just about that too, that enthusiasm. And you know, I, you guys know I'm a big football guy and stuff and don't worry, I'm not going to get too in the weeds here. But, but I did think, I did find this analogy to be very interesting. There's something that happens during the draft process where teams are watching players and you know, it's on you, it's on your job. Your family has to move or whatever. If you get fired from your scouting job, but your job is to watch these players and to tell the ownership, the GM, you're, you got to tell them, hey, this is the guy. He's intense. He loves doing this shit. So guess what you're doing? You're watching these guys like, like a hawk, right? So you're you're watching them like after they're done with the drill. You're watching their body language. Like you're looking at every little thing that they're doing, looking for something. And there was a, a scout who I, I saw a video where the scout's like looking at a guy. He's like, his body language like after the play is like all wrong. Like you just don't know when someone's looking at you mm-hmm. for that moment, that spark of like, will this person take me to the next part of my journey? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that in, in approaching all encounters with people with your best foot forward mm-hmm. is kind of what I was trying to talk about earlier, where don't lead with your weakest spot, lead with your proudest and strongest point. Mm-hmm. Like a fucking triangle, like, like the reason why the triangle is a strong shape to like charge into battle with is because it is leading with its strongest point. And um, I, I wish more people thought about things like that because I really do think that that has benefited me more than anything else in mm-hmm. life. I, I, I'm, I'm very um, enthusiastic about whatever I'm interested in and um, I probably will be um, the most passionate person on your team if I'm involved with you. So, mm-hmm. so those two things, I think, put those together, and like people just go, like, yeah, I could probably, I could probably make money with Steve Green. I could probably like have fun with Steve Green, whatever it is. Yeah, make people think about you in that way, right? Like, like whoever's listening to this, right? Like, if- well, and I think people have a pro- like a hard time with that, and that's kind of what when I'm talking about all this is like, it's like, how do you get that type of passion? And I think, you know. The, what I said to you before when we were, again, in acting class, it's like uh, people who are interested are interesting. Yes. So when you're very interested in something and you can't wait to learn about it, and it doesn't matter if it's going to benefit you monetarily or not, or if, it is an, if it's like a part of your five-year plan, but you're fucking interested in it. Like you don't know why or how or what is making you interested in this, but you're fucking led to this. And maybe it's like, you know, putting together model airplanes. I don't know, but you're really interested yep. in it. It's interesting to other people and it's like a 100%. magnet where other people that could help you turn this into something else, it, you're going to attract them. So I think that's kind of where where these two th- thoughts merge is like 
well, you can say all you want, like that you're lead with your strong points and and be passionate. But people, I think, have a hard time finding that passion. And I think it all starts with this, where you're trained that like once you do this level of education, you're an expert and they don't um, encourage lifelong education. And I would like to strongly encourage lifelong education. And I hope that like the earlier you start, the better. But even if you're older, it's never too late to start um, having a lifelong education. And I think that getting passionate about learning is where your life is going to fucking expand and change in ways that you never thought possible. I hear what you're saying, but as an expert on this topic, I disagree. I see. And I write you off. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Yep. And I bid you adieu because I wouldn't I want you. you. I don't want you on my team anymore. It doesn't sound like you're a very Good passionate day. member of this team. <laughs> I recruited you as part of my team, but it Sorry. doesn't sound like you're very passionate I about this team. I didn't show up. I I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go recruit someone else. Okay. I'm sorry. I, Thank you for the opportunity. I'll let you know. I'll I'll give you a call if uh, things Are go you different. Give direction. me a call. Probably not. Well, you're a bitch. All right. And that's how you. And that's how and you that's negotiate. How and that's how it's done. And that's how it's done. Because now she's thinking. Because this is the part of. I'm like, wow. He this, negged me. This he called me a bitch. Culture, peg, oh right. This is part. How of do I get him back? Pickup and negging culture, where oh, now. Please, oh please! Oh please! Oh please! Oh please! Oh please! And now I've got her. And now I've got her. Please come back on my team. Um, I'm thinking How about it. How do I make you like me? Give me a raise. How do I? Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you as much money as you want. How, I had you pay me for price. one of those people. So, All right. so now, now she's paying me. So you see how this works? Now she's paying me. Also, because I'm a woman. What about that? Well, just be a man. Well, you're paying me. No, no, no. Be no, no, a no, man. Wait. I'll pay you. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm not a bitch. <laughs> Fuck and that. that's how I'm you do it. And that's how you do it. And that's how you be a man. And that's how you do it. And, and now that everyone's thoroughly confused, I wish you your <laughs> the very best in your lifelong educa uh, education quest. Education. Education. Uh, yes. And you should always be asking questions. I did that on purpose. I know. Smooth. I agree. Create new language to convey my points even better. Than they were previously conveyed. And her favorite language, her favorite um, um, word of this new language is sticky. Check us out, patreon.com slash sticky. S T I K K I. You can get the show a day earlier than you normally get it via our Patreon. Also, uh, Nikki does free roll poker tournaments. Many perks. Uh, it's very fun. I do Crypto Corner every and Tuesday. We have the best goddamn Discord community ever, you have ever, ever seen in your life. Shout out to them. We love them. Shout out to the members. Then shout out to the mods because they're janitors, but it's fine. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye-bye.